During my three-plus decades as an investment banker on Wall Street, I've worked side-by-side with colleagues, served on numerous boards, volunteered my time with countless nonprofits, and traveled the world coaching and speaking. In that time, I've executed hundreds of deals and had the opportunity to work closely with and observe countless CEOs from a wide range of industries, including technology, retail, transportation, industrial, and healthcare, to name a few. As a result, in good economies and bad, I was exposed to and had the opportunity to study some great leaders and some not-so-great leaders. I've also observed some very effective leadership styles as well as seen the results of some incredibly ineffective approaches, too. In all I've seen, there is one factor that stands out. Most of those leaders, CEOs, and other executives never received any extended formal training or coaching on how to be a great leader. Further, most lead in the same way they were led during their careers, often using the my way or the highway approach. During the decades of the 1980s and 1990s, and frankly, for the 30 years before then, it was an organization's leaders who defined its agenda. They called the shots and decided what needed to happen and when. Further, every professional who worked for them was expected to do exactly as they dictated, no questions asked. In this paradigm, leaders often managed by fear and threats. If you didn't execute in the way defined by the leader or behave as the culture demanded, you could be demoted, left in a dead-end job, or worse, be fired. Under a leader like this, you would never have the opportunity to disagree or offer any input or constructive feedback. Essentially, you did as you were told. For a time, this my-way-or-the-highway leadership style was considered impactful and effective. There was no war for talent in this period, and production and volume were valued over innovation, convenience, and price. Today's environment is different. Innovation is the dominant competitive parameter. Speed to market of new products and the ability to directly engage consumers follow closely behind and are the table stakes for competition and survival in the marketplace. What's also different today is that, at the time of this writing, we find ourselves more than a year and a half into a global pandemic. Many workers have had the opportunity to work from home or from some other remote locations of their choosing instead of an office building. A challenging time for most people, the time in lockdown has also offered employees the opportunity to reflect on their lives and consider their career choices. They are asking themselves questions such as, am I in the right job? Am I pursuing a career that makes me happy? Does my employer or my boss treat me well? This level of reflection without the reinforcement that comes from being close to colleagues and managers has some employees, at a minimum, considering why they are with a certain employer and many others contemplating leaving their current jobs. I believe the consequence of this contemplation will be a great shift of employees from one employer to another or from corporate or philanthropic work to entrepreneurship. As a result, 
employers are being forced to reevaluate their value proposition for workers to engage with them and will have to market that proposition in the marketplace in a way that will help them retain their best talent and attract new workers. In addition, I believe that companies will have to rethink how they reward and compensate people who are very effective at not only attracting great talent, but retaining it, which is very different from the way companies have rewarded people heretofore. In most industries, especially financial services, if you are a great producer, Generating millions of dollars of revenue, you are generally the highest paid person, while people who are heralded as great managers, whose teams love them, and who tend to be great developers of people so their teams stay with the company, are not valued and rewarded in the same way. Well, in today's environment, with companies having the new awakening about its people, employers will have to value those who can lead and manage differently than in the past more like the way they reward traditional producers. Institutions are increasingly beginning to value and depend on collaborative alliances versus proprietary ideas and products. Technology has changed the game and taught other industries the value of open sourcing and partnerships. As a result, companies can no longer rely solely on their own internal talent to compete, let alone lead. To forge partnerships, attract collaborators, and foster relationships, and more important, attract and retain the best talent, you need to be a different kind of leader. If you're going to motivate and inspire talented professionals to choose to spend their time within the walls of your company, to have a muscle of innovation, you have to be able to engage, penetrate thought, teach, and inspire. To lead in today's business and philanthropic world requires you to have the courage to be authentic, build trust, focus on diversity, and be resilient and tenacious. Past leaders, corporate leaders in particular, had three constituents to worry about. Shareholders, customers, and employees. Now, a fourth constituent has emerged and is a major focus community. Armed with and emboldened by social media, the community can use this powerful tool to, in minutes, take down a brand franchise that took decades to build. With the ongoing pressure on organizations to constantly innovate, given geopolitical uncertainty, cybersecurity threats, social media, and the war for talent, the pressures on leaders seem endless. Even if an organization has developed a rock-solid competitive strategy and its balance sheet is solid, there are ongoing threats to its culture, such as the repercussions of a bad actor, a leadership scandal, or a lapse in judgment that results in threats from activist groups or damage to a customer relationship. So, what does it take to lead effectively today? As a leader, how do you stay vigilant? How do you maintain your energy to stay the course? How can you be successful amidst the many pressures and threats? In this book, I will discuss the journey to leadership and some of the essential skills you need for success, including the importance of taking risks, creating a vision, and leveraging assets like relationships and partnerships. At the heart of this book are my 10 pearls of intentional leadership.
One, leadership is a journey from execution to empowerment. Two, how people feel about you as a leader will impact how they perform and what they deliver. Three, choosing the right team will define your legacy. Four, fear has no place in your success equation. Leaders take risks to grow. Five, no one can do it alone. Leveraging other people's intellect, relationships, and experience, as well as establishing your own relationships, will propel your success as a leader. Six, you are not a leader because you have the title. You must be intentional. Seven, leading today requires the ability to transform people, situations, and yourself. Eight, visibility, transparency, decisiveness, and empathy will help you to lead effectively through a crisis. Nine, everyone has a blind spot. Identify yours and make it a priority to eliminate it. Ten, strong insight will lead you to focus on and execute what will be instead of what is. These are attributes that you need to focus on and exhibit to become a powerful, impactful leader no matter where you work. Finally, I will discuss the attributes of an intentional leader, the key traits of being a transformational leader, and the gaps that I have seen in leadership that could impede or damage any leader's effectiveness. You do not automatically become a leader because one day you are given a title or position of authority and responsibility. Leadership is active. To be successful, I believe you have to show up and focus on being an intentional leader every day. In producer cultures like finance, technology, and sales and marketing, people are rewarded with not only outsized compensation, but also promotions, titles, and positions of authority. There is little thought given to whether they have the skills and ability to coach, motivate, and inspire others to deliver beyond what they believe they can. Yet, that is exactly the kind of leader who is needed in today's competitive environment. The great Billie Jean King is credited with the quote, pressure is a privilege. There is no question that if you choose to accept a leadership position and sit in the leadership seat, you will have pressure. Pressure to lead effectively, pressure to make the organization better than you found it, and pressure to be a value add to the people who work in the organization. I believe it is a privilege to lead. In Lead to Win, I will deliver the tools you need to be a powerful, impactful leader who can lead from any seat and lead to win.